decide if you should repair or replace your unit. 423-4331. Call your independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. Rockman's Heating and Air Conditioning. On time, done right, or it's free. 423-4331. What if you received your choice of a brand new roof for a house full of windows for free? With Alliance Exteriors' new roof and windows giveaway, you can. Alliance Exteriors is giving away a brand new roof or a house full of windows to one lucky local homeowner. All you need to do is text HOME to 46862 to get the link to enter. That's HOME to 46862. No hooks, no gimmicks. Alliance Exteriors is simply looking to give back and help our community. You could win a new roof or house full of windows for free. A runner-up prize of $4,800 to put towards your next home improvement project is also up for grabs. Text HOME to 46862 to get the link to enter. Plus, if you're the grand prize winner and already have a quote or a job in progress with Alliance Exteriors, they will reimburse you. So no need to wait around for the results to schedule your free, no-pressure estimate. Alliance Exteriors is giving away your choice of a new roof or a house full of windows, no purchase required. Text HOME to 46862 to enter before it's too late. My first plan to spice up the NFL season was to add man-eating tigers to the game. We lost a lot of great players that day, and that was my bad. Now I'm bringing you the Caesars Sportsbook app. It's got live in-game betting, parlays, and Caesars rewards, people. It's even better than Tiger Ball. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Live from the Masters Heating and Cooling Studios. This is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Fan. This is an exclusive presentation of high school sports on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is the High School Coaches Show. Here's your host, Justin Kenny. Welcome in, everyone, to the Week 8 edition of the High School Coaches Show. I am Justin Kenny here talking area high school football for the next hour as we look to the final two weeks of the regular season. Oh, and by the way, sectional draws coming up on Sunday. That will give us a lot to talk about over the next couple weeks. But we also have conference championships on the line over the next 14 or so days. Oh, not 14, but maybe eight days. As we crown champions potentially tomorrow in a couple instances and definitely next week in week nine. And we got plenty to get to over the next hour or so. And we're going to kick it off as we do each and every week with our friend from KPC Media Group, Mr. Bryce Vance. Bryce, how the heck are you? I'm doing good, Justin. How are you? Oh, we're doing well. And uh, I know you're you're on the soccer pitch right now. A couple of days ago, you were at tennis. You're a man of many talents. That's what some people say, but I don't know if it's true. I mean, six years into this job, we're still trying to find out if it is, in fact, true or not. <laughs> uh, buddy, let's let's talk about the big one coming up tomorrow, first off, with your Cougs. And we felt like it could be a battle of undefeateds, but the uh, Central Noble Cougars dropped a game last week against Cherubusco. But uh, Butler will be the locale for Central Noble and Eastside tomorrow evening. Let's break this matchup down and kind of on the surface, what do you look to tomorrow night between these two? Well, I'm interested to see with Central Noble's defense and can they slow down uh, Laban Davis? I mean, because I think, I think this defense is talented enough to do so. I mean, I, they held, you know, Cherubusco, 
you know, kind of in check. They just couldn't really get off the field when they needed to, and Busco just kept, you know, getting first down after first down after first down and, and extending drives. And, and Central Noble just needed another stop or two to give their offense a chance because their offense was moving the ball against Jared Busco. They just, you know, weren't able to put it in the end zone consistently or they would turn the ball over or they'd go for it on fourth down and turn it over. So I, I'm just interested to see if Central Noble's defense can hold down Laban Davis at all, which has been a large problem for anybody and everybody that has faced Eastside, not just only this year, but for the last couple of years. Could Central Noble look to, for instance, Chair Busco and what they were able to do against Laban Davis? They didn't exactly shut him down, but they did limit Eastside to 20 points in that game in September. Yeah, I think that the big key for Central Noble is they're going to have to execute the game plan that they have been all season long. And that's, you know, run the ball with Will Hoover. And he did, you know, have a good game last week. Nothing spectacular or, or anything that we've come to know of Will Hoover. But they need to get out, get, you know, a lead, which is going to be difficult to do um, against an east side team that's, you know, really good on both sides of the ball and defensively as well. But get get a lead, you know, if, if they can. If, if they can get up by two scores, that'll be glorious for them um, and then just try to run the ball milk the clock um, and try to limit the possessions of, of east side um, and force them into you know some uncomfortable situations that they really haven't been in too often or haven't been in a while you know they were you know against ac earlier this year in busco but they really haven't faced that in a couple of weeks as they've played you know fremont and prairie heights the last couple of weeks so you know, maybe that, that could something that Central Noble could, you know, b- jump out on them really quickly because the competition level for Eastside hasn't been great the last couple of weeks. Kind of leads into my next question about Central Noble. And through the first six weeks of the season, you could say maybe some of the same things for the Cougars in terms yep. of ease of schedule. Some of those teams have kind of developed into, you know, solid teams. Lakeland in there. Uh, Fairfield's playing better. Woodland is, is better than what we thought earlier in the season. But... Are we seeing the true Cougars right now with Cherubusco, Eastside, Garrett to wrap up the season, or potentially were they looking ahead a little bit to this Eastside game last week? No, I don't think they were necessarily looking ahead. I mean, but I mean, I thought they they competed well and, and that they showed that they're you know more towards the top of the NECC small division than they were towards the bottom. And, and I think that we knew that they were going to be a good team coming in. Um, we just didn't know how good and how competitive they were going to be against the likes of Eastside and Cherubusco who have dominated the NECC small division um, for a while now. Um, but Central Noble is just trying to get back to where they were a few years ago under Greg Moe where they're consistently punching up at the, the, the top of the NECC small division and even claimed a share of it a few years ago. And if, and if they can come out and surprise um, us and, and everybody uh, tomorrow and everybody outside of you know, Albion and Central Noble area that think they can win this game, um, that would definitely be good for, you know, not only just the program, but for, for Hayden Kilgore and, and just his second year at, at the helm of the program. He is Bryce Vance, KPC Media Group, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. And, Bryce, we have a, a conference championship game tomorrow night, and it's wow. Fairfield and Lakeland in the big school division. Somebody has to win this thing, and it's going to be one of those two teams tomorrow night. Yeah, and I, I, I think both of them want to win it, even though it, you know, <laughs> say what you will about the rest of the division, that it seems like 
one week one team looks like they want to win it and then they would end up losing you know by a couple of scores uh, but both these teams I feel like are playing their best at, at the at the right time and which is you know coming into the final couple of weeks of the season which you know is the the old coach cliche we want to be playing our best at the end of the year and both teams are I think uh, Fairfield was a young team coming into the season um, and they're, you know, in their triple option offense, you know, can take some time to get used to with some new pieces and, and some new spots. Um, and then for Lakeland, it's just, you know, still trying to get that philosophy down of, of Coach O'Shea and, and the type of offense that they want to run because um, when they were with, with uh, their previous regime, they, they just felt like they were running the ball quite a bit. Um, and, and Coach O'Shea wants to pass the ball a little bit more. Um, and then I think that they will get there in a couple of years, um, but it's still trying to get that, you know, offensive mentality of, of big plays and, and trying to, you know, get down the field as quickly as possible and put up points, and it just really hasn't worked this season. Um, but I, I think both of these teams are, are definitely, you know, trending in the right direction um, here as they, they have their biggest game of the year. Bryce, before we move on to the Northeast Eight, wanted to kind of ask you a question about the NECC as a whole, and it's an interesting, you know, uh, contrast between the big division and small school division. Big division does not have a single team right now that's over 500. The small school division has Eastside, Cherubusco, and Central Noble, uh, arguably the three top teams in the entire yeah. NECC. Uh, the fact that uh, it's so lopsided in the favor of the small school division, and it's very, you know, in, in, if if the SAC had this, it would be Bishop Lewers and Concordia, and you know, a four A school beating up on the five and six A. Like they were the they would be the best teams in in the conference if they split yeah. it to two. Is this a one year thing? Uh, do you, do you feel like maybe this could be a trend for a couple of years? You know, Eastside's been up there, but Central Noble and Busco, you know, this year has been their best in recent memory. Is this a one-year blip? Do we expect you know things to go back to quote-unquote normal in the NECC going forward? Uh, it's a good question, Justin. I'm I'm I was trying to think of the the recent teams that have been dominant in the NECC Big Division um, recently, and it's kind of just been one year um, for each team, or or a couple years in in Goal's case when they on right. back-to-back sectionals, but it's really just been one team that, you know, has a really solid year, a really good year, and then they kind of fall back down to the the mean. Um, Garrett had a really good year in 2016. Fairfield won it, you know, last year, had a really good year, undefeated regular season. Um, and and it, in, in the small division, like you said, it's been Eastside and Busco at the top with, with mainly Central Noble, you know, punching up, at, like I said, every couple of years. Um, and then the rest of the division well, with Fremont and Prairie Heights, I don't know if it's it's going to take something drastic for those two teams to to really you know punch up with uh, the rest of the division. Um, but for I, I've I've heard some people say, why don't we just go back to you know, you know before Garrett came back into the conference um, and just have one one you know full division, um, just no divisions at all, I should say. And and I think that you know. Eastside would still be up at the top. Busco would still be at the top. And then you would probably still have the same, you know, chaos that's going on in, in the NACC Big Division where one team would have a, a really good year and challenge Eastside and Busco. Um, but then, you know, other years they would fall and finish in the middle or towards the bottom of the NACC. All right, Bryce, let's uh, look at the Northeast 8 real quick. And Leo still sitting pretty up at the top of the conference, 5-0 and as 7-0. and They can clinch... 
the championship this week if Leo can beat Columbia City and Norwell loses at home to Huntington North. But let's talk about another matchup up in Kendallville. New Haven and East Noble. East Noble ended their losing streak last week. It was you know far from being convincing, though. A 19-16 yeah. victory on the road against Columbia City. All of a sudden, New Haven comes in. They have back-to-back -back wins. They shut out Columbia City two weeks ago. Could this be a sneaky game? Is East Noble back on track, or is this a game that we need to watch? I think it's a game we need to watch. Um, as, as you said, you know, if you would have said East Noble won last week and didn't give me the score, he's like, oh, there's a game that East Noble got right, and this is the East Noble team that we expected to be all along when, in fact, that was, you know, just the opposite of the case. They're still struggling on offense, uh, but the defense is getting better, and I think that's been the case for this East Noble program the last couple of years. They, you know, would have maybe a rough game or a rough couple games to start off on the defensive side, but then by the end of the year, they would be really solid and really tough to beat. Um, and, and I still think that has been the case for East Noble, but we're just kind of still waiting around for this offense, uh, offensive explosion that just hasn't happened yet. And they feel like they have the talent to do so. Now it's just whether of it being, you know, a quarterback still in his first year trying to get things figured out, or it's, you know, him not recognizing things um, in the passing game that, you know, and it may be a more experienced, a more seasoned, quarterback would um or it's just a, a scheme problem that you know teams are maybe figuring out or putting up different type of pressures on east noble that that they're just uncomfortable with and familiar with because this team has all the talent in the world to be finishing at the top of the conference but that's just not going to be the case so tomorrow's matchup with new haven i think can present some challenges uh new haven really hasn't you know, been great. They haven't really been all together this, this season, and I know Jacar Williams has missed some, missed some time earlier in the season, but I still think he can be dangerous against the Knights. Um, as, as last year's game was, was a really close one. It was 24-13, to I believe, um, and that game really felt like it was dominated by East Noble for the most part, um, and then New Haven might have gotten a later score to win that game. So, I'm, I'm anticipating this game to be close, to be tight, and, and hopefully that East Noble has figured some things out on the offensive end to, to put up more than just 19 points. All right, Bryce, nobody is talking about this game, which is precisely why I'm going to ask you about it in the Northeast State. Belmont has lost 26 straight games. They host DeKalb tomorrow. When you look at, the, at, at Belmont's schedule, they had to play both Adams County schools, Adams Central, South Adams, to start the year, and that was a relatively healthy South Adams team. Then they were thrust into the Northeast eight slate. The Cal played Angola and Garrett took losses, and then they were thrown into the league slate. Does Belmont, I felt like maybe they had a chance against Huntington North in week five, and they lost by 17. Does Belmont have a chance to end the 26-game losing streak tomorrow night against the Barons? I don't think so. Um, I mean, sorry for the fans in Decatur. Um, I think I think DeKalb to, to at least make it a shootout if, if they would like to because of what they did against Huntington North. It was a back-and-forth battle, and then they had to come back ultimately and, and win 50-49 to 49 at Huntington. And, and I think I think DeKalb just has a little bit more than, than Belmont. I mean, still both the, the status of both programs is obviously not where they want to be. Um, and hopefully they can, you know, somewhat turn it around over the next season or two. But I think I think DeKalb just has just a little bit more on the offensive side to take care of this one. Belmont has not won a regular season game since September 15th, 2017.
a three-point win over Huntington North. You remember the year after, they went 0-9 in the regular season, then beat Carrick and Concordia and competed against Bishop Lewers in the sectional championship game. Yeah. One of the more bizarre things in recent yeah. memory, for sure. But, uh, Bryce, we'll let you go. Appreciate the time, as always. We will catch up to you next week. Will you be in Kendallville tomorrow evening? Actually, I will be in LaGrange for the NECC Big Division Championship. How about that? That's two straight weeks without the uh, the Knights, huh? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm getting myself acquainted with Coach O'Shea for sure. Worst places to be. All right, buddy, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, Justin. That was Bryce Fans, KPC Media Group, joining us as he does each and every week here on the High School Coaches Show. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to another coach, Coach Shannon Griffith former Manchester University coach. He's going to break down the SAC in detail with us when we come back. It's the Week 8 edition of the High School Coaches Show here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. All the football action you need all season long. Near sideline, stays in bounds at the 10, the 5, touchdown, Jeff Becker. The high school football game of the week. And there's a leaping catch, and David Bell's going to take it the distance. Purdue and Notre Dame, game day Saturday. Hands off left side at Jordan Wilkins. Cuts up in the end zone. And the Colts and the NFL Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. It's all right here in Fort Wayne. See our upcoming schedule now at 1380thefan.com. 1380thefan and 100.9 FM. Do you worry? about how much someone drinks do you feel angry or depressed most of the time do you feel neglected or unloved do you feel that if the drinker loved you she or he would stop drinking if you answered yes to any of these questions you are not alone not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic families and friends are suffering too Al-Anon and Alatine can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. When the doctor told us about my mom's cancer, it made me feel so helpless. Until I called the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, I spoke with Grace, who patiently answered all my questions. Her support made us feel whole again. Learn more at lls.org. The Taliban take control of Afghanistan. It seems as thousands of people desperately tried to leave the country. Here's the ask of you. Give today, and that could be a dollar, could be $10. Every life counts, so we're doing our best to get them out. Every single penny will go to getting those people out. We need your help as soon as possible. Please go to thenazarenefund.org and donate. Heavy uterine bleeding and iron deficiency anemia through the years. I've been there. Huh? That sweater tied around your waist? I've been there. Heavy period? Yeah. Makes you wonder what women used to do. Oh, I've been there. Huh? The record album you're using to cover your behind. I've been there. Yeah. Makes you wonder what women used to do. Oh, I've been there. Huh? Your backward waitress apron? Taking no chances. I've been there. Yeah. Makes you wonder what women... If you've been there, you get it. Excessive menstrual bleeding for six months or more is known as heavy uterine bleeding, or HUB. When you lose more blood, you lose more iron. HUB may lead to another medical condition called iron deficiency anemia, or IDA. Low iron from IDA can disrupt your everyday life with debilitating tiredness, headache, and weakness. But some people may show no symptoms. Learn about iron deficiency anemia and take a quiz to share with your doctor at imayhaveida.com. That's imayhaveida.com. Brought to you by HealthyWomen.org and Daiichi Sankyo, Inc. Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone. High School Coaches Show here, Week 8 edition. I am Justin Kenny. He is John Graham in the studio 
Wave, John. There he is. He's waving. So um, we are back here, here till 7 o'clock, talking area high school football. We'll then give way to playoff baseball. I think it's Houston and the White Sox that started a couple hours ago. It is six to nothing White Sox in the middle of the sixth inning. We'll take you to that action at the top of the hour. Following that game, you'll hear complete coverage of the Los Angeles Rams and Seattle Seahawks Thursday night football, an actually decent Thursday night football game from Seattle. So stay tuned, a night full of sports here on 1380 The Fan. Tomorrow night, the week eight game of the week here on 1380 The Fan will be Central Noble and Eastside as the guys take a trip up to Butler and somebody that will be in attendance at Eastside High School tomorrow night, Mr. Shannon Griffith, who's on with us right now. Shannon, how are you? Hey, Justin, how are you doing? Not bad, buddy, and thanks for taking some time to join us here and wanted to kind of break down the SAC in detail here over the next little bit and you know when we look at the standings seven games in is there anything that surprises you I mean for me I'm saying Bishop Lewis sitting at seven and oh are you the same or do you see something else that jumps out at you yeah I I didn't necessarily think Lewis was going to be where they're at at this point in time uh prior to the start of the season um I knew they were going to be one of the top teams but I didn't know they would be in a position to run the table uh, like they have. But, they, you know, we'll see. I mean, they, they've answered the bell on every challenge that's been given to them. And uh, I look at them as a team on a mission. Uh, and I got that feeling at the Homestead game where they made such a big play. The, Evan Linker, the Linker kid made that interception that set up this drive that gave them the go-ahead you know, points in that one. And I just thought, this team's going to be special. So, so I would say yes. I'm surprised that where we're at um, with Bishop Lures. Um, and I think Carroll's kind of a surprise because I think after the first game watching them against Lures, even though it was a tight ball game, Defense had, you know, been a problem for them. And in that game, uh, it looked like it was going to be a continued problem, you know, from what Clark kind of did to them that night. Sure. So um, they've really rebounded in a big way. Yeah, no doubt. You know, here's here's kind of a loaded question for you, Shannon. And um, when you look at Bishop Lures and what they've been able to do, and this is not taking anything away from the Knights, but – are they taking advantage of an SAC that lacks that marquee 5A or 6A team that we've seen most years? Homestead's a little bit down. Snyder, mm-hmm. Snyder, but, you know, they're still not vintage Snyder. Dwanger, too. Is the circumstances benefiting Bishop Lures? Uh, I would say yes, um, because of what you pointed out there. I think, you know, Homestead... Um, Although they started out pretty, you know, with a, you know, pretty hot hand, you know, they've really stumbled. Um, Snyder, I think, has got the biggest, you know, their biggest challenge in front of them because I think they're improved. But I think you're looking at a lot of young teams as well, you know, when you look at who's playing on Friday night. And uh, I think the biggest thing is 
I think Clark and what they've done offensively, they've got a one-two punch. Either you know, pick your poison, so to speak. Sure. That's that's been really good for them. Um, you got Brody Glenn, who's a phenomenal player. Um, but I do think you're right that there's not that upper echelon five A, six A team that you know top to bottom is bigger, stronger, and a maybe a faster team than what lures would normally, you know, call, would have in in the uh, in the tank. Sure. Um, but you know, I always say you, you still, you know, what on what whatever's on paper doesn't always translate to what's on the field. Yeah. And I think in some cases that's where lures. What you know, they're as good on paper as they are on, are on the field when you look up and down their lineup. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt. But, but I think it's a down year in the sack for the most part. Shannon, we, I think we can all agree Bishop Lewers is the team in the SAC that with the best chance of making a deep run, potentially getting to uh, Lucas Oil Stadium over Thanksgiving. If there was a second team. The second best odds, so to speak, for a team in the sack to make oh. a run. <laughs> is there a team you would go with? Uh, that is a loaded question. <laughs> Boy, um, I don't, I don't see it this yeah. year. You know, in years past, Concordia has been one of those teams that you know has played, you know, 500 football in the Summit Athletic Conference. You know, but then they get to the uh, the tournament and the, they do quite well, um, and that's kind of what it, that's happened over years past. It's been the Lures, the Concordias that have gone the furthest, uh, as opposed to one of the top level teams in some respect. Because we always seem to run into that hot Indianapolis school that comes up here for semi-state, be it a Carmel or Hamilton Southeastern, yeah. over the years. So I don't. I think Lures is the best shot. Um, they still got, you know, a couple games in front of them that, you know, they're not going to be able to take, you know, take the gas off the pedal, so to speak, uh, especially with Snyder looking down the barrel at them. But uh, I think they are the best shot we have of, of Summit City Athletic Conference of getting pretty far down the road. And I would not be surprised if they didn't make it to Indianapolis. Yeah, those regional rounds for 5A and 6A look uh, tremendously difficult. You're looking at probably a, a West Lafayette or Harrison West Lafayette team. Yeah, that's number three yeah. uh, in 5A, and and you mentioned it with that uh, with that sectional with HSE in it, and Westfield is the other yeah. team in that sectional. Westfield's the second ranked team in the entire state behind Center Grove in Class mm -hmm. 6A. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's tough to see a path in 5A or 6A for, for either, particularly 6A. It, it just, the deck is stacked against our 6A teams. And, you know, maybe that leads into the next question is, you know, is there a remedy? I, I mean, is there a remedy? Because everybody wants to talk, you know, you know the 317 so powerful and how do you separate this team, these teams and mm -hmm. everything. So many people want to bring up public and private, but I want to bring up the fact that you have center, every year it's a Center Grove or a, a Carmel or a Ben Davis or a Warren Central and unfortunately, you know, our 6A teams, whoever wins that uh, that sectional right now, plays one of them. It used to be right. Carmel. Now it's Westfield or HSE. Uh, you know, what do you do? I mean, because we've had some really, really solid 6A teams. You know, Homestead the last couple of years and, and even Snyder when they were up there. And, and they just can't solve that regional matchup. 
Well, and there was a time way back when where, you know, you did have the Snyders that were capable of beating a caramel, you know, or that, that you know, in the old days, pen that would come through. Right. Here. But, you know, it, it, it comes down to, you know, getting one of those special teams that, you know, top to bottom, you've got 22 top-notch players on the field. I mean, and Indianapolis is an awful good football community. They, you know, it's similar to Fort Wayne in a lot of respects with the kids' devotion to getting better and doing the things in the offseason to get better. Um, I mean, I think you're correct, though. I mean, there's probably going to be a gripe that we're seeing too much Indianapolis teams playing each other for a state title uh, in the same, you know, 6A, 5A component because, you know, they how they divide it up. And I don't know if there's an answer how you divide, right. you know, the state up and try to throw uh, all the Indianapolis schools in a northern division or all the Indianapolis in a southern division. I think that, you know, uh, I think there's just so many different variables there that, I, you know, we're, that that's going to be the path that we're going to have to travel at some point in time, and we just haven't had the, you know, that team that's been that special to really, you know, capitalize on on a Friday night for the semi-state. Yeah, you know, I mean, you have to separate the state somewhere, you know? Right. And, I mean, you look at 6A, and it's top five is Center Grove, Westfield, Carmel, and Hamilton Southeastern, you know, one, two, four, five. Merrillville's thrown there at three. I mean, you know, do you play? I mean, you, you can't, if you want the top teams playing in the state championship game, then you have to divide the state somewhere. And unfortunately for some, some teams in the North and 6A, some of those right. indie schools have to go North, unfortunately. Well, and you're, you know, let's face it. Uh, they're going to be those upper echelon type of teams in the 6As and the 5As. When you get to the semi-state, you're, I mean, you're effectively playing two state championships when you really look at it because yeah. the type of type of quality of team that you're going to play against. And up here in the northern part of Indiana, we haven't had a team that's really been in the same caliber of those teams like you just mentioned. You know, Westfield or, you know, who wants to play Center Grove in a semi-state? <laughs> I mean, you know. Who wants to play Center Grove, period? <laughs> right, exactly, and well, and you could add to Westfield. I mean, yeah. they've got a tremendous football team. Um, it's just, you know, for, for whatever reason, those areas have really blossomed with the number of ta- of the talent that's there. Um, and that's not to take anything away from the talent that's in Fort Wayne either. That's right. just that there's been more of that talent at the upper echelon of the power dynamic. When you talk about the Center Groves and the Westfields and the Carmels, uh, you know, because that's where the populations have, you know, come, you know, come to. Because we used to talk about Warren Central and Ben Davis. Yeah. Um, you don't hear those names much anymore. You know, those were the two predominant powerhouses coming out of Indianapolis year in, year out. Um, but you don't even hear them in the in the conversation hardly anymore. I mean, you, you, like you said, you hear central, you hear Center Grove quite a bit, and you know Westfield's creeping into the in the conversation. I mean, how fa- you look how fast Westfield risen to the top <laughs> bracket of 
Indiana football. Right. It wasn't too. It wasn't so long ago. They were a, a small what three A school, I think. Yeah. You know. You know. I mean. So, <laughs> yeah. That just that just shows you where the population has come and into Indiana, where those people have settled. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. You you know, Fisher's opens 15 years ago and immediately becomes a 5A school. You know, now it's mm-hmm. a 6A school, and you know why they're not up there in terms of the upper echelon teams competing for state championships. You know, at some, they're in the conversation that you know they won a state title in I think 2010. Um, you know, so it's just it the rich get richer down there in terms of the talent pool and the schools <laughs> growing uh, for yeah. sure. But, um, you know, Shannon, bringing it back around to, to the SAC, when we look at this conference, and if we had to say, uh, in terms of MVP uh, of this league, um, and, you know, you can, we can debate whether, you know, MVP means best player, but we're talking most valuable to their team's success. I mean, do you make the, the quick decision and say Carson Clark or Bishop Lures, or is there more to that question? Not in my mind. I mean, I think if you take Carson Clark away from Bishop Lures, I think it puts them in a position. And again, I, you know, I got to see the Owen Sheely kid play against Snyder when Jeff was out. And he had a heck of a pretty good ball game. Not, you know, I mean, he did enough to lead his team to a victory against, a, you know, a good team. Yeah. But to me, if Carson Clark comes off the field, I'm not so sure – you have a team that's multidimensional like they have been. Because they, like I said, they have a one-two punch. I mean, it's like pick your poison. You want to keep people in front of you? Okay, they'll just give it to Sir Hale and he'll make plays. Okay, you want to stack the box? Well, then Clark's going to find big plays down the field. You know, it's really tough. They are really tough to defend. But if I think if you take him off the field, uh, it may, it, I think it would hurt Lures a lot more than any other team. Yeah, Shannon, you get to uh, to go up north tomorrow. You're going to Butler. You'll you'll take in Central Noble and Eastside, and you know you, you coaching at Manchester. It was it was very much a small college feel and and a you know a intimate atmosphere for game days, similar to what it is up at Eastside and a lot of these rural schools. Uh, you know, just kind of give us an idea of, you know, what that's like. We see, you know, we talk so much about the, the city and big crowds mm-hmm. and big schools and big talent. But, you know, being able to go out uh, into the rural areas and see some of yeah. these teams, particularly when they're really good. Yeah. You know, we went and did the Norwell East Noble game a couple weeks ago, and that was a really good football game that, you know, Norwell shut out East Noble. Who would have thought that? And you know, it was a well-attended game with a lot of atmosphere in the pregame, just like the tailgates that get going here in the in the, some of these city schools. You can imagine in those rural communities where it's a one-town shop, it's very important to those communities. I don't expect anything different up in Butler at Eastside, especially with the talented Laban Davis. And if anybody has not seen this kid play, do yourself a favor, go watch him because he is a phenomenal football player. And you talk about a kid that does it all, he does it all. I mean, he's a, he's a true multi-threat quarterback. Um, you know, you, how many quarterbacks you see have a thousand yards rushing and like a thousand yard passing? I mean, he's, he's amazing. And, uh, 
And then Central Normal, of course, they got tripped up last week, which I was kind of shocked by. But, you know, they got a Hoover kid, the running back, that I think is also pretty good. And, you know, they've had some good teams. So, but uh, East Side is a uh, pretty impressive team. Had their game against Bluffton, I think it was a year ago, and the, and the tournament was very impressed with what Coach Mason has done there in terms of the program. And I expect, you know, fingers crossed that we get good weather. And I expect it'll be a pretty big night because there'll be a lot on the line up there tomorrow night. Yeah, most definitely. Big game coming up tomorrow night in Butler. Shannon, appreciate it, buddy. Always a pleasure yes, to actually bring some intelligence to this show. Much obliged. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll Take, see you. All right, man. That was uh, Shannon Griffith, part of the uh, 1380 The Fan broadcast team for Friday Night Football here every Friday night uh, with Brett Rump. And they will be live from Butler, Indiana tomorrow night, Central Noble and Eastside with a lot on the line in the NECC Small School Division tomorrow evening. We're going to take a break. We're efforting, efforting Bart Curtis of the Warsaw Tigers. Hopefully we'll talk to him after the break. You're listening to the Week 8 edition of the High School Coaches Show here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Gibson's Heating and Plumbing is your independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer that is ranked number one out of nearly 300 dealers nationwide in customer satisfaction. Here's what Gibson's customers are saying. I've used Gibson's once for heating and once for plumbing now. From the schedulers to the technicians, everyone has been professional, personable, and upfront with pricing and expectations. There is no sense of pressure, and they explain everything thoroughly. Absolutely have a loyal customer. Your independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Gibson'sHeating.com. For 25 years, Saturday mornings have been Fighting Irish Preview Time. I'm Phil Houck. Join me and America's Foremost Authority on Notre Dame Football, Tim Priester, for the Silver Anniversary Season of Fighting Irish Preview. Silver Anniversary Season? That means you're old. Not exactly. Old, yes, but older and wiser. Wise analysis, wise predictions, and wise inside information. So, Saturday mornings at 10, right after Jim shoveling and talking sports, tune in to Fighting Irish Preview on 1380 The Fan. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to know ticks suck. But what you might not know is that they don't just suck blood way out in the woods. Those creepy little bugs can be anywhere all year long. And I do mean little. They can be smaller than the head of a pin. But big trouble comes in these small, gross packages. Even a tiny tick can make you super sick. So what's the most important tip to avoid getting bit? Well, duh, pay attention. Remember, ticks can be just about anywhere outdoors. Then spray attention with an EPA-registered insect repellent. Wearing long socks and other protective clothing is a good idea, too. When you come back inside, shower. And always remember, check for ticks everywhere. And if you do get a tick bite, don't panic. Tell an adult. And visit ticksuck.org to learn how to remove it properly. Ticks suck, but being outdoors shouldn't. Go to ticksuck.org for more information. Ticksuck.org you're planning on remodeling your bathroom. You want something personal and unique, and you want only the best quality products, which is why you're planning on ordering your shower door from the Custom Craftsman of City Glass. But why stop there? Why not have the same professionals custom cut the just right mirror for your bathroom as well? There's no need to settle for anything off the shelf when the City Glass Craftsman can cut and design the perfect mirror for your bathroom. Don't worry about special sizing. They can custom size your mirror just as they would your shower door. 
door. And what about a unique look? Not a problem. For example, they can frame your mirror or even cut it so that your vanity lights can fit in the mirror rather than having to mount a separate fixture above the mirror. Maybe you don't need a new mirror at all and can just have an existing one recut or refurbished. Yeah, they can do that too. So do this for yourself. When you're ready to choose a shower door from City Glass, choose a mirror as well. City Glass, quality glass products, a cut above the rest. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to know ticks suck. But what you might not know is that they don't just suck blood way out in the woods. Those creepy little bugs can be anywhere all year long. And I do mean little. They can be smaller than the head of a pin. But big trouble comes in these small, gross packages. Even a tiny tick can make you super sick. So what's the most important tip to avoid getting bit? Well, duh, pay attention. Remember, ticks can be just about anywhere outdoors. Then spray attention with an EPA-registered insect repellent. Wearing long socks and other protective clothing is a good idea, too. When you come back inside, shower. And always remember, check for ticks everywhere. And if you do get a tick bite, don't panic. Tell an adult and visit ticksuck.org to learn how to remove it properly. Ticks suck, but being outdoors shouldn't. Go to ticksuck.org for more information. Ticksuck.org. Here's more from the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone. High School Coaches Show. I am Justin Kenny. He is John Graham, waving and producing and pushing buttons here. We're here till 7 o'clock. We'll give way to, uh, what is it, game one of the ALDS between the White Sox and the Astros. It's 6 nothing Houston, top seven. Uh, White Sox getting shut out with just three hits right now. But we'll take you to that action at Minute Maid Park in Houston when we give way at the top of the hour. Following that game, it'll be football, Thursday night football as the L.A. Rams travel up the coast to take on the Seattle Seahawks this evening. An actually decent Thursday night football game tonight. Rams and Seahawks still efforting Coach Curtis. What's going on with Coach Curtis at Warsaw is he's watching his younger kids play, and he said, I will text you at halftime so you can call me. So we're waiting for Coach Curtis to text me so we can give him a call and talk about the uh, Warsaw Tigers, who will become more relevant here in the next couple of weeks, as soon as Sunday, in fact, as they are part, of course, of that three-team sectional three in Class 3A with Carroll, Warsaw, Homestead. Those two, those three teams that combined 16 and 5 through the first seven weeks of the season. Last year, Warsaw beat Carroll and then lost to Homestead in the sectional championship game. So that's going to be a fascinating sectional three. I'm not sure you want the bye because that means you have two weeks off because, of course, 6A takes all of week one off unless they have a five-team sectional, but uh, this is only a three-team. So Warsaw is about to be much more relevant to people in this area pretty soon, but they also are trying to wrap up their second straight Northern Lakes Conference Championship they will host Northwood tomorrow night. If things go as expected, they will head to Concord next week with the NLC championship on the line. Concord 6-1, and one, Warsaw 6-1. and one. Hopefully, we'll get to be able to talk to Bart Curtis about his team and just uh, how well he has done with that squad since taking over in 2018. Came over after a long stint at Mishawaka, was also at New Prairie. 
and I think a long time at McConaughey as well. So hopefully we'll get to talk to Coach Curtis here in just a little bit. Real quick, we wanted to go through the title-clinching scenarios for the area conferences going into tomorrow night because I know some people are saying which team can clinch, which team has to wait till week nine. Let's answer these questions, and let's start in the SAC where you look at the standings, and, of course, Bishop Lewis sits atop the conference at seven wins, zero losses, two teams with one loss, Carroll and Snyder. We're still sitting there with Snyder effectively a half game behind Carroll with, uh, despite both teams having one loss because Snyder had one less game. They're 5-1, and one, Carroll 6-1, and one, Bishop Lewis 7-0. and oh. I still understand that Snyder will be given a 6-0 forfeit victory over Southside if they need to. That game, of course, was canceled due to COVID issues at Southside. So let's say Snyder effectively for this argument is 6-1, and one, which they will be if need be. Bishop Lewis can win its first league championship since 2014 and its first outright crown since 2011 with a victory over Southside tomorrow night and a Snyder loss to Bishop DeWanger. That would give Snyder two losses with one game to go, effectively two games behind Bishop Lewis. A Lewis win tomorrow night makes them 8-0, and even if Carroll wins tomorrow night at Concordia, they're still effectively two games behind Bishop Lewis because Bishop Lewis holds the tiebreaker. Yes, we break ties in the SAC. Bishop Lewis and Carroll would tie atop the league after next week with eight and one records. Bishop Lewis wins the tiebreaker because they beat Carroll way back in week one. Who knew that 38 to 31 victory for the Knights over Carroll to begin the season and open the new Carroll Stadium very well could end up being the SAC championship game in a lot of ways. So Bishop Lewis can clinch tomorrow night. If things go right, if not, they'll have to wait an extra week. And it's not easy with Snyder in week nine. So if you look at the SAC and say, okay, Bishop Lewis wins tomorrow, Snyder wins tomorrow, then it effectively comes down to an SAC championship game next week at Lewis Field. Snyder wins, they win the SAC. That's factoring in that forfeit loss. Uh, Southside to Snyder. Bishop Lewis wins. They go undefeated, win the SAC. Got it? Got it. All right, moving along. The Northeast 8, Leo clinches a league crown. It's second straight with a victory over Columbia City tomorrow and a Norwell loss to Huntington North. So when you look at the Northeast 8 conference, one of those lovely conferences in the area that do not break ties, ladies and gentlemen, Leo 5-0, and they're the only undefeated team left in the Northeast 8. The only one-loss team remaining is Norwell. And Norwell got beat by Leo by a sizable margin. But if they would tie with six and one records atop the league at the end of next week, they would share the Northeast Eight Conference Championship. Crazy? Yes. So Norwell still has a shot. They're the only team uh, that really has a shot. Unless something crazy happens, Leo loses back-to-back games. All chaos will break loose. I don't see that happening. So Leo wins the league if they win tomorrow and Norwell loses to Huntington North. So that's your clinching scenario in the Northeast 8 for tomorrow. ACAC, Adam Central cannot clinch the league title this week. Cannot do it, despite being 4-0 in the league, because a pair of one-loss teams play each other in South Adams and Woodland. One of them are still going to be with just one loss after tomorrow evening. 
effectively one game behind Adam Central. So going into week nine, Adam Central still will have not clinched it. What could be interesting, though, is if Woodland beats South Adams tomorrow night somehow, Adam Central and Woodland play each other in week nine in Monroe on the landing strip at Adam Central. So that could be interesting. I think we can all agree that Adam Central is the significant favor, favorite to win the league championship, but they cannot do it tomorrow evening regardless of what happens in the conference. We talked about the NECC a little bit at the top of the hour, the NECC small school division. Eastside can claim its third straight division title with a win over Central Noble tomorrow. Win, and they've captured it. Championship third straight. If Central Noble beats Eastside and Butler tomorrow night, Eastside, Cherubusco, and and Central Noble will all share the division title if, if Cherubusco is victorious tomorrow night. So they have to win to make it a three-way tie. If they would lose, Central Noble and Eastside would share it if Central Noble would win. Again, despite Central Noble in this scenario having a victory over Eastside, the two would share the small school division championship. Big school division. It's the only true conference championship game coming up tomorrow night. Lakeland and Fairfield. Winner wins the championship in the big school division. Lakeland looking for its first in-conference championship title since 2013. Fairfield looking to repeat as big division champions. Remember, they went undefeated last year in the regular season. So Lakeland and Fairfield tomorrow night. Winner wins the big division championship and captures the crown heading into week nine. So there's a quick recap on your week eight title clinching scenarios for area conferences. We're going to take a break. We'll come back to wrap the show up here. Week eight edition of the high school coaches show here on 1380, the fan 100.9 FM. This season, it's pigskin picks. Log on to 1380thefan.com and pick every NFL game every week and play in the 1380 The Fan exclusive contest for weekly prizes. Win the most weeks and you score tickets to the 2022 Colts home opener at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy. It's pigskin picks. Log on to 1380thefan.com and pick every NFL game all season long from 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. The Brockman Heating and Air Conditioning Promise. On time, done right, or it's free. Brockman's, your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. That's over 60 years strong since 1957, serving homeowners in the Fort Wayne area. And Brockman's has the most experienced techs to help you decide if you should repair or replace your unit. 423-4331. Call your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. Brockman's Heating and Air Conditioning. On time, done right, or it's free. 423-4331. 
Thousands of Hoosiers have hepatitis C and don't even know it. You might be one of them. Visit checkcarecure.in.gov to learn more about this often silent, sometimes deadly disease. There is a cure, and treatment is simple. Find out how you can stop hep C at checkcarecure.in.gov. Get checked, get care, and get cured. Sponsored by Indiana FSSA. Aired in cooperation with the Indiana Broadcasters Association in this station. Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody, for the final time here on the High School Coaches Show. And we're going to bring on Mr. Bart Curtis, head coach of the Warsaw Tigers, who joins us right now live from the field. Coach, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. We're up 21 nothing and a half. That makes it uh, a better evening. Yeah, absolutely. The pipeline, pipeline is loaded. So uh, you guys have had some tremendous seasons uh, so far. This year, no exception. Uh, looks like the future is bright as well. But, Coach, uh, you know, Let's look at the matchup coming up tomorrow night with Northwood. That's a team that knocked you off by a single point a year ago on the road. Can you get a little bit of revenge on them tomorrow night? Well, you know, I don't know if, if revenge uh, is, is the right word because it's a new team for them. It's a new team for us. And uh, we are certainly well aware that last year they were 2-3 and three and we were 6-1 and one and they knocked us off at, at their place. Uh, by a point so you know we we certainly want to play well tomorrow night we know they're going to come down they play so darn hard and so darn fast and we got to match that intensity coach you guys have been able to uh to really handle what you've needed to handle you went on the road and beat a very good mishawaka team uh you 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 know took care of business you know week one over dublin kaufman that you know got a lot of people's attention around the northern half of the state. The next two games are huge. I know you're only focusing on tomorrow night, but if you want to wrap up another NLC conference championship, it comes down to the next two weeks. Well, it does. And we, you know, we have put ourselves in a position to be in position, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is we have taken every week as it comes we know that from game three on, every Friday night's a, a trophy night. And we want to we want our preparation and our day-to-day -day operations to be the thing that we focus on versus Friday nights. But obviously, you got to prepare for whoever you're playing. But <clears throat> we've got, uh, you know, from game three on, it's been a trophy night. And uh, we, we try to emphasize that with our kids. But uh, we're going to need to play well tomorrow night to be in a uh, a position to be in position the following week. And coach, you know, uh, we, we talked to you, know, traded some emails back and forth here in the last couple of days talking about unsung heroes and trying to get some, some, some guys that don't otherwise get some attention, some notice. And, you know, we talked Julius Jones and, and we talked so many other guys on that offense for you, the skill position players, but uh, you also made a case for, for some other guys as well. And, and, and they're just as important to this team and their seven, six and one start. Yeah, they really are. Some guys that come to mind, you know, I know we emailed back and forth. Uh, Kyler Denny on the offensive line is a kid that uh, a year ago, had you tell me that he would have them right up there with the most snaps taken and be playing at the level he's playing, I wouldn't believe you. Just uh, he, he has just kept his mouth shut, worked his tail off, and done an incredible job. 
Um, you know, another name that uh, uh, Russ Winchester is a kid that has been an anchor on our D-line for uh, this is his second year now, and, and you know, he's been playing steady. Um, probably doesn't get as much press as, as some guys. Um, and then, you know, our quarterback has been improving each week, and he's been solid, Tucker Curtis. But we've got a we got a whole group on some heroes. Yeah, most definitely. And it's it's a it's a blue collar type thing. It's a blue collar offense, let's be honest, and what you love to do. And uh it, it's very workmanlike up there and and it, it really pays off. It feels like you know, we talked late last year after that Carroll win on just the buy in that you've seen since you've taken this program over, and it seems like the perfect coach, the perfect position, the perfect situation. Well, we're definitely a work in progress, but we feel like there are days that we take steps toward what we want to be, and there are days that we walk off the field on a Friday night or after practice, and we're thinking, hey, that didn't go very well. But, you know, really the mark of a program is what the kids look like when they come up as freshmen. Okay, that tells you whether or not you're uh, doing a good job trying to build a uh, quality play and quality craftsmanship at the junior high. Um, obviously, you know, when the kids, when there's not an adult around uh, with the kids, how are they acting? How are they treating each other? Um, you know, all things are important in what type of aura you're trying to, to create within your locker room. All right, Coach, final question for you. And, and it goes back to when we spoke after that 42-35 to 35 victory over, over Carroll. And you said, you know, we need to continue to get better as a program, not just for the respect out of Northeast Indiana, but also being able to consistently compete with those teams. You beat Carroll. You competed with an SAC champion in the sectional championship game in Homestead a year ago. Do you feel confident that this program continues to go in the right direction to take it to that next level? Well, I do. I think, you know, there's obviously any time you're trying to build something that, that you want to last and be special, you got to be careful of chinks in the armor. Uh, little things can add up and turn into big things in a hurry. So if you let something go that maybe you should have corrected in August or September, it is going to come back and bite you in the tail in October or November. So trying to be Trying to have the same speak amongst coaches, uh, the same expectation amongst coaches, uh, and then of kids, you know, just making sure they understand how we do things and what the expectation is. You know, it's not about wins and losses. It's not about trophies. Those things come if you do the little things right and you don't overlook um timely mistakes or hey that'll work itself out so we feel like to answer your question in a roundabout way we feel like we've taken steps in that direction all right brother hey i appreciate the time go back watch the second half of uh, of your youngsters get it a dub hey i appreciate it and uh, anytime we can get uh good batter and different press for warsaw football we are uh we're all Warsaw Tigers helping us wrap up this show here, week eight edition of the high school coaches. Thanks to Shannon Griffith 
And thank you to Mr. Bryce Vance kicking it off at the top of the hour. Stay tuned. It'll be White Sox and the Houston Astros baseball after the break. We also have L.A. Rams, Seattle Seahawks football coming up this evening. And check out tomorrow night, Central Noble Cougars, Eastside Blazers, small school division championship effectively on the line. You can hear all the action. Brett Rum, Shannon Griffith from Butler at 7 p.m. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back here next Thursday. You have been listening to the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.